Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Hey, good morning, everyone. It may not be morning when you're watching this. Many for you, it probably will be, because you watch it right when we launch it. Uh, But for me, it is early in the morning, and clearly not early enough, because lots of people have been running and riding their bikes through this popular area. So you might get a little bit of that. Um, as we are recording this, but this is uh, such a fun place Uh, for me. This is just down from my house. This is part of uh, the walking path to take my kids to school. It's a path that I walk my dog uh, a lot of the times on, and it's also just a really a meaningful place for me because oftentimes I'll take walks either early in the morning or take a break during the day just to clear my head, to help solidify some thoughts, to get away from the email and the phone calls and just kind of the the hustle and bustle. And it's a time where I can just think. And I love this area. I mean, you can just get a sense for it's just really, really beautiful. Uh, It's got these really cool like light posts here that kind of feel a little bit like Narnia. (laughs) So it's also really cool in the morning when they're like all lit up and it's just that's the light that's taking you through this path. So maybe some point I'll do a teaching really early in the morning so you can kind of get the full effect of that. But I'm really excited about this particular teaching uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I just want to give you a heads up that this is the last kind of one-off episode that we're doing for the summer. So for us, at least here in the States, next Tuesday is um, uh, the day after Labor Day. And so I'm going to launch a brand new series and uh, you'll find out more about that soon. Um, But throughout the last part of the summer, really kind of the middle of the latter part of the summer, we've just been doing these single episodes. A lot of you have been traveling um, and we just wanted to kind of give you some some different ideas and thoughts and not necessarily have them connected to a series, but we're going to be launching um, a series starting next week. And so part of the reason why um, I'm, per, I'm really excited about this teaching is uh, in many ways, it's kind of been a reflection for me uh, on the life of one of my friends by the name of Doug Greenwald. So many of you know that Doug and I started the Institute of Biblical Context Conference And we just started it several years ago and his ministry, Preserving Bible Times and Walking the Text came together and said, how do we create a a three day, you know, study experience where we could essentially bring like the Bible lands to the United States and really talk about how 
uh, we can read and understand the text in context. And so we launched that a few years ago. And last year, Doug was not able to be part of it because he had just been diagnosed with cancer. And he had gone through six months of treatment and all seemed to be going really well. And so we were really excited about the conference here this last June. And uh, literally the day before the conference was to begin, Doug went back into the hospital and, and essentially never got out, uh, went into hospice for a little bit. But uh, the cancer took him out. And so it's been, been challenging, you know, kind of uh, just thinking through that. And that was unexpected. And and so, you know, as I've been thinking about um, Doug and just, you know, walking this, this path, it just uh, dawned on me that there was one teaching in particular um, that really stuck out. And I remember the day that Doug and I were, were talking about this on the phone. He said, Brad, someone showed this to me, you know, years ago, and it completely changed how I did what I did. And he said, um, Acts 1.1. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know Acts 1. It's in my former book, Theophilus. I wrote about everything that Jesus began to do and to teach, you know. And this is Luke writing. And when he talks about his former book, like it's the book of Luke. So Luke writes Luke and Acts. It's one giant work. It's two volumes, but it's one giant work. And so Doug goes, yeah, but did you catch the ending of what Luke wrote? So in my book, former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And I was like, oh my goodness, I had never caught it before. All that Jesus began to do and to teach, the sequencing there is significant. You see, for Jesus, he did things and then he taught. Jesus was always about the experience and so we talked about this for a little bit and you start looking more intently at everything Jesus did. You go, oh yeah, like he started off, gave his disciples an experience and then out of that, he taught them, you know, so he takes them to Caesarea Philippi. Are you stinking kidding me? Right. And when you get to Caesarea Philippi and you understand the history and the context and the culture and all that, and then Jesus goes, hey, by the way, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And now let's talk about how I'm going to build my community. Like it was an experience and out of that experience, Jesus taught. Um, Jesus in Luke 15 is sitting around a table having a meal with a bunch of tax collectors and sinners. And all the religious leaders are pretty frustrated with Jesus because to share a meal in the ancient world was a sign of acceptance. It was a sign of love. It was a sign of, hey, I'm good with us. Let's, let's hang out. Let's talk. Let's do life together. And the religious leaders are upset. And Jesus goes, well, let me tell you a few stories. And the shepherd who has a hundred sheep and loses one and goes after the one and brings it back. The woman who has 10 coins and loses one and finds it and they all celebrate. And then he tells the story of the lost sons. We call it the prodigal son, but both sons are lost. Those are teachings Jesus is giving to affirm his point, what experience he has been giving, which is, I want to sit with all people and I want to draw all people to the love and grace and mercy of God. And so for Jesus, everything is about the experience and then the learning comes out of the experience. Now for us in our world, 
we always think, well, we got to give the learning, you know, and then maybe people will go and do it. But we're primarily going after kind of like, you know, what's the head knowledge that they need to know rather than going, okay, if there's something that we want people to know, there's something that we want people to do, what kind of an experience can we give them so that the learning is conditioned on the experience rather than just kind of feeding a bunch of head knowledge and going, well, I guess if they try it out, they, you know, they try it out. Uh, there's a really fantastic book by the name of Switch, written by two brothers by the name of Chip and Dan Heath. And it's a business book, but it's not just a business book. I think it's one of the most significant books that have been written just on life because the subtitle is How Change Works or something along the ideas of that because the premise is that if we want to experience change in our lives, if we want to bring change to other people's lives, then we have to understand how change actually works. But we have a misunderstanding of how change actually occurs in people's lives. And so we tell them or we try to get them to do something, but we don't understand how change actually works. And so they draw on an illustration from a guy by the name of Jonathan Haidt, who is a University of Virginia psychologist who wrote a book called The Happiness Hypothesis. And in it, he talks about how our brains work, that there are essentially two parts to our brain. And it's not just like right brain, left brain. It's that there is a rational side and an emotional side. Now, we all intuitively understand that. We just use different language. We talk about the rational side being the head and the emotional side being the heart, right? But our heart doesn't think, right? It's all in our brain and there's two facets to our brain. There is a rational side and there's an emotional side. And so Jonathan Haidt came up with this metaphor, this illustration, which is that the rational side of us, the, the data, the information, the logic, the reasoning, that is like a rider who is sitting on an elephant and the elephant represents the emotional side of who we are. And what Jonathan talks about is, is he says, listen, when you have an elephant and then a little rider on top, like the rider can only do so much before the elephant's going to do what the elephant wants to do. And he says, this is exactly how we get people to change. We think we need to cater to the rider. So we give people all of this data, all of these facts, all of this information, and we expect people to then change. But the problem is, it's the elephant that is ultimately making the decisions. It's how we feel, and out of our emotion, that's when we act. Now, it's not to say that the rider is not important. It's that the rider and the elephant have to work together. So an illustration that they give is maybe for you, you go, you know what? I want to start running. That's a good, healthy thing to do. And you make this decision on a weekend and it is Monday morning and your alarm clock is set for 5 a.m. and the alarm clock goes off and you're going in your head, the rider side of you, the logic, reason, rational side says, hey, this is a really good and healthy thing to do and I need to do it. But then the elephant side of you goes, oh, it's dark out there. It's maybe a little bit cold and these sheets are warm and toasty and I'm tired. 
who wins? Right, nine times out of 10, the elephant is going to win. Why? Because the elephant's gonna do what the elephant wants to do. And what we have to try to do is think in terms of how do we get the rider and the elephant working together? And the third piece that Jonathan gives in this illustration is that you actually have to create some kind of a path. Like you gotta get the elephant going in the right direction. So one of the examples that they give on that running example is, is that you actually set out your clothes next to your bed. So that the elephant may say, well, I gotta go get dressed and I gotta go find my running shoes and I gotta go get this on. And it's like, no, it's right there and you're making it easier. And so now the elephant goes, I think I can do this. And the rider goes, no, you have to do this because this is the right thing to do. And then therefore you've created a path in order for people to have an experience and then now everything is playing together. Friends, I would contend this is exactly what Jesus does. Is that he recognizes he could just sit there and just like pop information and give all a bunch of data and facts and reasons of why you should do this. But he's trying to get his disciples to interact with lepers. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't wake up in the morning going, I'm going to go look for a leper. Right. Or Jesus is going to say things you've got to love your enemies like Jesus is not just making this some abstract knowledge like he is interacting with people who are actually against him. And he is demonstrating to his disciples what love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you look like for Jesus. Everything was about how can I give you an experience, right? Because it's in the experience that our emotional side kicks in. We feel something, we experience something, and then now out of that, we are more apt to want to listen to learn. And so this has has not just been something that I just started doing based on this conversation with Doug. This is something that that I have been doing for for some time. And uh, I try to do that at times, you know, in this teaching series, because, you know, for some of you who are watching this and you're pastors or your leaders and you're going, well, how do I give people an experience? Well, one of the really good ways to do that is just tell a really compelling story, because in a story, people find themselves in it. And so that's one way that you can provide an experience because a really well-crafted story brings people in and stories often bypass the rational and it gets to the heart, right? Which is really the elephant side of our brain. But you understand what I'm saying. Uh, For those of you who have been with me on either a trip to Israel or to Turkey, like you don't get an itinerary. You don't get to know where we're going. Everything is about the experience and it's out of the experience that we start to understand the text and we look at those teachings and there's things that we do where people go, what in the world are we doing? And then later on, you're like, oh, (laughs) that's why we did it. And you remember it. It becomes memorable. And so the challenge that I have for you is that as you think about the learning that you want to have in your own life, like how are you looking at experience as a primary driver for you to learn what you want to learn. I mean, you can talk about prayer to your blue in the face, but until you actually get down and pray, like it's not going to change, right? And so if there are certain things where you go, well, I've been wanting to get better at this, are you just trying to like rationally, you know, change your behavior? Or is there an experience that you can give yourself that will allow you to begin to learn? 
Right, so that's just kind of thinking in terms of you, but like if you think about this, if you're if you're a parent or if you're a leader or if you're a teacher in some way, or you have some kind of you know leadership where you're taking people places, if you will, how can you utilize experience to give them the learning that they need to have? Like, what kind of of, of situations can you create? that gives people an experience and out of that you can teach and train and develop. Uh, another question would be is how can you utilize not experiences that you've created but experiences that have just happened but you can maximize. Uh, so recently one of my kids had a really negative experience and it was like my wife and I were sitting around we're like okay and you know this like you know exactly where this is going you're okay this is a great opportunity for learning they've had this bad experience so now let's talk about the learning aspect I mean that's probably the most natural way we do that but what it's been doing for me has been going okay so how how can I leverage experience, whether experiences you know, my wife and I create or I create for other people or somebody has experienced something, how do I maximize and take advantage of that? Um, and I would just say then, you know, just out of, out of that is it's like, what is it that you can do um, to help them to learn? And one of the other ways that, that I would just say is this, is what kind of things can you call people to do? So typically at the end of these episodes, I will say, hey, uh, sometime this week, I want you to do this, right? Or even the questions that we have underneath these videos at walkingthetext.com, the last one always says, what step are you going to take this week to begin walking out this truth? Because there are times where I'm just sharing an idea and I can't necessarily take you on an experience. I might tell a great story or, or uh, show you a really cool image or something that kind of gets you feeling. And that's the point is that we want the, to stir the elephant because then the rational side kicks in as well. But we always say, so what are you going to do with this? How are you going to walk this out? Because friends, we all know that transformation doesn't occur until we're having the experience. Very rarely do we ever experience something just by learning something new. It's how we take that learning and apply it. And so there is this sense of learn and live and live and learn that are kind of working together. But as Luke tells us in Acts chapter 1, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Jesus changed the world and he did it through experience and learning. And if we can more capitalize on the experience side of things, I believe our learning both in our own lives and in those we get to lead, whether it's our children, whether it's, you know, other friends and family, whether it is, you know, coworkers, whether it's students, whatever it is, I believe that we'll learn faster and more transformationally if we think more about what kind of an experience we're actually giving them. So friends, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, can't wait to start our new series next week, but may the experience drive what you do to help people learn and may you walk out the text well in your life.